Mama, that was good, amen? I don't know about you. Don't you just hunger to worship? Don't you do that? I get so tired of the other stuff, you know, and I problem is I'm involved with this other stuff from time to time. But I just am glad that you're here and coming to worship with us. And we really want God to speak to your heart. You know, I, I see desire. One of the reasons we're making some of the moves we're making now is that uh, we want to be really relevant to what's going on and uh, reaching out into our community. And, and God's allowing us to do that. And we're excited. We're in every, what's needed is in all areas, we're seeing some tremendous things happen. And, uh, and I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just excited about that. It's good to be a pioneer, isn't it? Not, not, not many times you get that, the opportunity to be at the beginning of something. And, uh, you know, we generally come in when it's uh, moving and shaking, things are going really rolling and going. But you don't get a chance sometimes to come at the very beginning and, and be a part of uh, uh, when it's struggling a little bit and all and uh, trying to get things. And spend the life, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But uh, so I, I'm just really humbled and thankful uh, for the opportunity that, that, that I have to be a part of this. I know that you that's coming, is, you, you, you kind of sense that something, that God's doing something here. You know, something very special is going on. And uh, I think it's important to realize that the, the reality is that God is actually always on the move. God never stops. Isn't that a kind of a good deal? Uh, aren't you glad that, uh, that God doesn't need a break? Uh, we sometimes need a break. But uh, God doesn't need any break. You know, he can, uh, he's got this all worked out. And uh, I think that really, really what he's hungering for, I believe, uh, is for a little cooperation. <laughs> I think God would just like kind of cooperate with him and all. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we have a tendency to think that we have this all figured out and so smart. Uh, but the reality, I find out that uh, the more that we decrease, the more he does actually increase. And if you're here this, evening, this morning, uh, <laughs> Freaking couple of services have become evening to me. But uh, if you're here today, uh, you know, maybe that's one of the things that God might speak to you about. Maybe there needs to be some decreasing going on in your life and uh, letting God increase, letting God uh, do some work in your life. And you may ask yourself the question, when's the last time God really did anything in your life? When's the last time you would let him do that? You know, it's not that he doesn't want to do stuff in our life. That's never been the issue. The issue is we're so full of ourselves that he can't get in. And so I, I think we've got to work at that. It's, and it's an effort. It's not something that's done easily. We, you know, we're, 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 we think we're pretty important. And, uh, you know, we really want things our, our way. And, uh, but, but that has a tendency to uh, block what he wants. Uh, he's not going to share glory, by the way, guys. He's just not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. And you've got to get a hold of that. He's not going to, this is not, this is, this is a partnership. No, it's a takeover. <laughs> it's not a partnership. It's a takeover. And uh, if you don't understand that, you know, if you know, well, I mean, God's doing stuff. <laughs> I don't think you've got that right. God's doing stuff. You just need to get out of the way. And, uh, and I believe that we're living in exciting times. And it's not that like you, you know, uh, if you're involved with any media, you, you know, you're seeing a lot of painful things go on right now. And I'm frankly, I don't, you know, you say, what do you think about that? I don't know what to think about that. I don't have any great words, you know, and for you. Uh, I probably as devastated as anybody about this and all. I guess why I'm not, I may be devastated, but I'm not bewildered because I still know who's in control. You know, I don't understand exactly what he, you know. Uh, I don't think, say, well, you think God's caused that stuff? I don't believe that at all. I think God allowed it to happen. I think because, you know, it's a funny thing. It is a, it's, a, it's a really a paradox. Uh, 
We don't want God in control, but when things mess up, we think he did it. What's that about? You know, if we put him in control, you'd be amazed what will take place. You'd be amazed what will be going on. You know, the Bible does say what you sow, you reap. And that's the country. We're reaping some stuff. And, uh, you know, I remember years ago when I was in youth work, we always pray, you know, about uh, don't sow wild oats and pray for a crop failure. (laughs) You know, kind of stuff's not going to happen. We're in the book of Revelation. At 8.30, actually, our guys are different classes are teaching it verse by verse. What I'm really doing uh, in the book of Revelation is there's seven secrets of change and growth, you know, we find here in the Scripture. And, uh, you know, I'm wanting to grow uh, until, I, until I'm gone. I, I want to grow. I want, to, I want my life to count. And I realize to do that, we have to change. Now, that's not pleasant, is it? Uh, we don't like to change. Uh, we, like, we like things the way they are. And, but there's no real growth without change. And so what we're doing, we're here in the book of Revelation, and we're looking at these seven churches. And in these seven churches, we see some secrets uh, of growth and change. We see uh, what's kind of interesting to me is that the person that's doing the lecturing is Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that good? You know, sometimes we're not careful. Uh, I, I have read books that probably I shouldn't have read, guys that I probably shouldn't have read. and uh, that. Uh, but I, I've never been out of sorts or... A problem when Jesus is the one that's doing the instruction. I want him to be the instructor. Amen. I want him to instruct me. And we see he does here in the book of Revelation. I'm going to read all these scriptures to you. It's the church Thyatira we're talking about. Verse 18, and under the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things say the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. May the works, charity, service, and faith, thy patience, and the works and the lit. And the last to be more than the first. Uh, notwithstanding, and then next week we're going to actually be here, verse 20 next week, about this, uh, some of the notwithstandings he's going to talk about to us. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her a space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into the bed, and then them which commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deed. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I, I am he which searcheth the reins of the heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But, but unto you I say, unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none of other burdens. But, but that which is ye have already hold fast till I come. And he which overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and the vessels of potter shall they be broken shivers, and even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star, and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And what's interesting here is that uh, Thyatira, this is one of the smallest cities in the area, uh, and yes, it's, we find it's one of the largest letters. Uh, what we've been striving to do over the last several weeks, from time to time, we've been moving into the book of Revelation and talking about these different churches and the lessons that we can learn from them. We, we began with the Ephesus church, which was, a, which was a neat church. I mean, they were a busy church. I mean, they were an active church. 
And you'll find that the Lord was very complimentary. He said, man, that's a good thing what you guys are doing, being active, being, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we think it's an either or. Well, you, it doesn't have to be either or. You can be serving and you can be spiritually both. You, those two things ought to be going on. And, but it was, a, it was a, a very busy church. God committed them, but he had a little problem with them. They got so busy that they fell out of love with the Lord. It's easy to do that. We get so busy, it's called religion. You all ever been there before? You know, keep the rules and regulations and all that kind of stuff. But we can do that. We can get, we can, now, let me just hasten to say this. It's okay to keep the rules and regulations. <laughs> That's okay to do that. Nothing wrong with that. But what we see here is that they got so busy that they, they certainly, they, they weren't doing it for the right reason. The love wasn't there. And, of course, the advice he gave that church, which is good advice for us, put me first. And, and you have to do that on purpose. It's not something that you just fall into. The reason that's the truth is because we're so selfish. We're so self-involved. We know a lot about ourselves. And, and we have a tendency, if we're not careful, uh, to uh, just be concerned about us only. Well, he said, so put me first. That was the advice that, that we needed. The second church was the church in Smyrna. Uh, they were a church that was going through a lot of suffering. Do y'all like to suffer? I, I, I don't like to suffer, you know, but, but sometimes it does come. And they were a suffering church. And, and the problem with suffering is this. If you're not careful, what you do, you start asking this question. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through that? Why? And, and so the problem with that, it just kind of turns inward. You've got to be really careful about that and all. And so the thing that he, the, the advice that Jesus gave these guys was this. You need to look up and look ahead. You need to look up and look ahead. I mean, it's very difficult to not just focus on the problems you're going through and the difficulties that you have. But he said you need to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The last church we dealt with was Pergamos Church. They were a very confused church, rightly so. Twice in that particular portion of Scripture, it says that Satan was there. He, had a, he was living there. I don't know about you. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I don't think I want to be anywhere Satan is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just don't want to be there. But they were there, and he was there. And, of course, truth was really kind of being uh, bannered about. Uh, truth, we don't even know what truth much is today, do we? It's just, uh, truth is the person has the best advertising. You know, we, things are so spin today. And so, he, what he's saying uh, to the guys there uh, in Pergamos, you know, you need, you need to be careful about truth. You need not compromise truth. You see, it's important that you don't do that. No, don't compromise truth. Now, what was going on? I got a list of things. I'm going to read here in just a minute. <laughs> Also, it gives me more notes. I love notes. Don't you all like notes? I can stay, I can speak longer that way. But uh, the church in Thyatira was having some problems. They were under tremendous social and moral pressure. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I mean, they were under unbelievable pressure to conform to what was going on in that particular society. You know, in my, my lifetime, I've seen a lot of changes in our country. It used to be in America, our core values were biblical. They really were. I mean, I, I have the Pledge of Allegiance and, and talking about the things of God and morality, uh, you know. Uh, we even believe the family was a one man and one woman. What a deal that is. You know, Adam and Eve, not Adam, Eve. And uh, so uh, we're living in some very difficult times. You may wonder why we're doing that. A lot of, pro a lot of social problems. 
homosexuality. We're dealing with that. Uh, dealing with same-sex marriage. Might as well mention it all to you. Uh, dealing with gender problems. All that stuff's going on. You wonder why are we facing all that kind of stuff? And, you know, uh, they just say, this is just always oh, just coming up on us and bombarding us. What's this all about? It's a very simple, simple reason. God is under attack. Let me tell you what they're saying about God. God made a mistake. Isn't that what they're saying? God made a mistake. That's exactly what's being said today. Well, may I, may I say this to you? God does not make mistakes. So if he's not making mistakes, then someone else be making, must be making the mistake at all. So we're living in very difficult times, and this is the attack that we're dealing with. And, and, and the people here in the, in the church in Thyatira, over time, they started tolerating, tolerating some of the changes that were being opposed to the church. There was a very difficult time, and it's very similar to what we're dealing with today. And, but here, let me say this to you. There's some things that are simply true. Like give you an example. If I had a sword up here, and you, you can believe that sword won't hurt you, but if I bring that sword down upon you, it's going to cut you and maybe kill you, and that's true. And so there's some things that simply are true. Now, from what I have here, <clears throat> this is very profound. I'm getting ready to read, read to you something very profound. Uh, there are some things, like I said, that are absolutely true. Uh, so true uh, that uh, there's, there's some children that have described these truths. Let me give them to you this morning. Number one, when your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. That's the truth. You can, that, that's, no, I don't have to worry about that. But number two, don't sneeze when someone's cutting your hair. That's the that's truth. Here's a good one. Puppies have bad breath even after eating Tic Tacs. Here's the last one. Don't wear polka dot underwear under white shorts. No, those are all profound truths. Those things are truth, and you can count on those kind of things, that that, that was going on there and all, those, that, those areas of truth. Well, now, Jesus is getting ready to talk to them, uh, the church of Thyatira. Let's look at verse 18 again. And under the angel of the church of Thyatira write, these things saith the Son of God. It's very important to understand who is talking to this church. It's very important to understand who's talking to us. Jesus Christ is doing the talking. He is the authority. He is the one that understands all about us, and he's the one that has the authority to say the things that we need to hear. In fact, here's the way I am. I want him to speak, don't y'all? I want him to talk. I want him to be very clear on how things should be. And so he is going to talk to this church. He's going to deal with them. Now, he kind of describes himself. He said he talks about this area. He says his eyes are like a flaming fire. In other words, they're very penetrating. Uh, he is very observant. Uh, he knows exactly what's going on. He understands all the things you're going through. He sees it. Have you ever dealt with people that just don't see it? They just, for whatever reason, whether they don't have the frame of reference, whatever it may be, they just don't see it. I'm so glad that when I talk to the Lord, he sees what I'm going through. He understands what I'm going through. We need that today. We need for God to see what we're going through and come to him and say, man, what's happening? We need your help. He said, hey, I see it. I get it. He says also his feet were like brass. Brass is speaking of judgment. And uh, his... Uh, his, his judgment is coming, and it's going to be strong, and it's going to be pure, and it's going to be righteous. And, and I think it's very important. As he, it's, it's interesting as we think about this particular church here in the book of Revelation. Uh, they had a real problem. And the thing I like about the things that how Jesus deals with people is that he generally deals with the positive things per, first. 
He, he thinks the good things that are going on, the positive things that are happening. Because in the church in Cyber Tower, there was an evil that was there. There was a, a, a problem. We're going to talk about that next week. As we see there in verse 20 on, and we'll finish it up most likely next week. And there was an evil there and, and, and a, a cancer, if you will. And, and we talk, if you've heard, we've talked some of this about before, uh, dealing with cancer. And the, and the way you have to deal with cancer, you have to cut it out. You can't coexist with it. If you do, it will kill you. And so we're going to talk about that. And what he wants to understand is that the good thing is this, that the judgment's coming, but he's going to be fair and honest with them and all. But this has to be taken care of. Some things you cannot ignore. And so he's kind of given a precursor to what he's getting ready to do. But what's neat about this, before all that, he talks about some very positive things. He shares some things about them, and he, he, common, he, he kind of commends them for the good stuff they were doing. Don't you like that when someone... When someone says, boy, you did a good job. Don't you like those attaboys? Attaboy. You know what that is? Atta girl? Whatever. And I, I thought, you know, the girls are going, I don't know what that is. But, uh, you know, that compliment you for doing something positive and all. And maybe the reason you're not doing it, you're getting the attaboys is maybe you ain't no attaboy. You know, maybe you need to start, start doing some positive things. But we, as, as he's looking at this church and he sees some very positive things, and I'm so glad that Jesus is the one that's doing the looking because he looks beyond. You know, sometimes if someone messes up in any area, they're bad in all areas. And that's just not true. It's just not true. It wasn't true in this particular church here. So he talks about it real quick. Let's go through. He said, he, first of all, he said, I know by works. And what he's saying, I know your motive, why you're doing what you're doing. I know why you're doing the things that you're doing. He said, I know, first of all, I know thy love. This is speaking about the church's character uh, in this particular church. And, of course, they had some problems, but they, they had a principle of love going on there. Uh, there was no breach and no division. Uh, there was a wonderful manifestation of God. When you walked in there, have you ever walked into a service and said, man, I can feel God there? I, I think that some of that's really actually pretty true. Uh, you know, you can feel the love for, you know, for, that they, they have within the body, and that was going on there. And, and how desperately that we need that today. If there's one thing that certainly that needs to permeate our ministry is a love for each other. We ought to actually love each other. I don't think you have to like each other all the time. <laughs> but, but we ought to love each other. Love's a choice, isn't it? You have to work at that thing, you know. And so he was looking at that church. He said, man, you guys got that love thing together. He goes on. He says, I know thy service. You see there in, in, in verse 19, I know thy service. This service is their love and action. I mean, they were ministering. They were getting the job done. I mean, you know, they, they weren't simply going through the motions. You know, when it comes to serving the Lord, and this has always been a problem over the last 20 years of being here at Sunshine, it's always been a problem that, you know, you almost feel like you've got to beg people to get involved. Isn't there something wrong with that, really? Come on. You know, I mean, there's so much of the things of God that we need to do. There's so much of the work that we're doing. And we get up here begging people to be involved with our nurseries or, or be involved with their children's ministries, their youth ministries, or our outreach ministries. We have a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I, I, sometimes I think about how wrong that is. Please help us. Are you kidding me? People ought to be lining up to help. This is the work of God. This counts. This stuff's going to last. Heaven and earth may pass away, but man, things of the word of God are not going to pass away. Get involved. Don't look for ways. You, you want to mess up the leadership of sunshine? Come and volunteer. They'll have a nervous breakdown. I wonder what they want. 
These guys were not that way. I mean, they, I, hey, I realize you can labor and carry your responsibility on without love. You can go, you can get the job done that way. But that was not happening here. These guys actually loved what they did. I, I think you ought to love serving the Lord. Amen. Come on, guys. You ought to love doing that. Love being involved with God. Love be, I, I want to be somewhere where God's there. I want to be somewhere where God is doing something. I want to be a part of that. I want to be where God's. I, I want to love what I do. And these guys did. He, go, he went on there in verse 19. He said, I know thy faith. Speaking of their dependability, reliability, loyalty, faithfulness. Through the years, I've seen people come like, like, a, like a shooting star. They'll come in there. Man, they're like a bull hook and brush. They're doing stuff everywhere type of thing. And all of a sudden, they're not here. What happened? What went on with that? These folks were not there. You could count on them. I don't know about you. What a blessing. There's certain folks I can get a hold of. I know I can count on them. That's a real comfort and a strength when it comes to doing ministry and all, to know that you can count on them. There's something that, there's some area in our life that folks ought to know, you can count on me. We're, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You can count on me. He said, I, he, he talked about I know their faith. He said about knowing their patience. Don't you all love to have patience? What brings patience? So we're all praying for patience, aren't we? Or are you praying for patience? You're making a big mistake there. And you're getting rid of this baby. You're going to need a lot of patience, is what I'm saying. But, uh, <laughs> and no sleep either. But uh, <laughs> patience. You know, pa these, these guys were, pa patience is this. Patience is the, uh, the capability of being still when all around you is falling apart. Let me give this to you. Patience is peace of heart under pressure of life. Patience is peace of heart under the pressures of life. Then he goes on, and it almost seems like he's being redundant because he said this a moment ago. He says, I know thy works. Again, he says that, but he follows it with this. And the last to be more than the first. You know what he's saying? You guys are making progress. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You guys are growing. I don't know about you. I want to grow. And we find that Jesus is the one that's given the evaluation here, which means it's true. And he looked at these people and said, you know, you guys, I know thy works. And the, and the last is better than the first. You guys are growing. You guys are going forward. You are not slipping back. You are moving ahead. I think every Christian needs to move ahead. Every Christian needs to go forward. And what moves us forward is when we love God and we invest in the things of God, the work of God goes forward. Now, he's having this meeting with, this, with these guys. And he's saying, I know and understand what you're going through. Would you let me help? That's what he's saying. I know and understand what you're going through. Would you let me help? You would think, unequivocally, people would say, please help. But it's amazing that's not necessarily the case. You know why it's not the case? It's called pride. We think we can handle it. You know what I found out? The things I think I can handle, handle me. We had that happen to me. I thought I could handle it, and I could not handle it. And so, this morning, you walked in here. I always firmly believe this. We go nowhere without God 
directing us there. I believe God's in charge. I believe in divine appointments. I think that you are here this morning at the divine appointment. God has brought you here this morning. and He wants to have a meeting with you. You may have walked in here, and, and you know we're real good, aren't we, at pretending everything's okay. We're real good at pretending we have no problems, we have no difficulties. And yet the, the word of God is so plain in the fact that we do. You maybe come here this morning, you have problems in your own personal life, you have problems in your family, uh, you have problems in your job situation. I mean, you just, you may not know what you're going to do next. You've walked in here, you're kind of perplexed about what's going on in your life, and you may even not know why you're even here, but, but God has brought you here to let you know that he I know you can go ahead and come into the light. You don't have to stay in the darkness. You don't, have to act, you don't have to act like everything's okay when it's not. This morning you have an opportunity to do some business with the Lord. You see, the very first key, I think, in this is that we need to make the decision and the choice. I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, all my spirit. You need to make that choice. You see, the problem is this, until you figure out, until you figure out who's first in your life, everything else kind of becomes very confusing. But if you figured out that he is first in my life, then everything else works around this. Here's what the problem is with most people. Here's their life. Let's try to work God in. You know what God says? No. No. I am Lord of all or not at all. So this morning, you need to make some decisions. Maybe this morning you need to come, and, and I don't even know exactly what that decision means in reference to making him Lord of all, but you know what I'm persuaded? You do. You know what that means. You know what that, and there's a, that struggle you're facing right now in your life, that battle, that, that tugging, that what Paul said in Romans 7, that tugging, that's the Holy Spirit. And he's Hugging. He says, you know, it's time that you put me first. It's time. And to do that, you may have to cut some things out of your life. I'm not saying what you're doing is not good. It's just not the best. Let's give it the best. So whatever God is speaking to you, I've always been of this uh, understanding. And I'm so glad that what I'm getting ready to tell you is so true. It's the Holy Spirit that can do it. I don't convince people. Holy Spirit. That tugging at your heart? Holy Spirit. Not me. I'm, I'm nothing. He's everything. So, Father, I thank you.